on May 14, 2008, National Polygamy Advocate Mark Henkel was interviewed by Jennifer Dobner for the AP Newswire, The Associated Press. May 13, 2008. Yeah, Associated Press. Yes, Jennifer Dobner, please. You know, I think she's out on an urgent story now. Do you want to... Um leave a message on her uh, phone I can call her cell uh, I had an appointment with her for a uh, for an interview right now oh you did I did oh because it looks like uh, four people did in a murder suicide and we, I think she's jumped all over it or something she's out at the police station I see okay that kind of situation uh, I don't happen. know anything about that but you can if you got her cell number you can, you can call her I'll do that okay bye yeah thanks This is Jennifer Dobner. I'm sorry I missed you. Please leave me a detailed message, and I'll get back with you as quickly as I can. To leave a callback number, press 5. Hi, Jennifer. It's Mark Henkel with the TruthBearer.org organization, calling at uh, 2 o'clock my time, noon yours. I just uh, spoke at the office, and apparently it sounds like you may have been called off to some major story. I'm uh, just trying to reach you, um, figure out when we'd have to talk to this other time. I'm sure uh, you got to cover what you got to cover. I, I understand that. So if you want to get back to me, I appreciate it. Thanks. Take care. Bye. May 14, 2008. AP. Good afternoon. May I speak to Jennifer Dobner, please? Uh, just a second. Mm-hmm. I think she's on another line right now. Can I take a message? Well, this is Mark Henkel. We actually had an appointment for the, right now. Maybe she's trying to call me. I don't know. Uh, hold on. Sure. She'll be right with you. Thank you. Hey there. Hey, Jennifer. Give me five seconds while I write this email, because now I'm dragged into some stupid Texas stuff today. <sighs> the whole house of the Yahweh... Pardon me? The House of Yahweh stuff? No. FLDS still? Yes, because now the Texas reporter wants to make a link between the FLDS and the way they, they don't claim they don't claim any religious exemption okay. for their church. Okay. They pay taxes. Okay. And she's trying to link them to whatever the LDS church does, which I'm not sure why. Okay. Because the LDS church is a separate corporation. Right. And... But I have to find out um, exactly how the LDS Church is paying their taxes. They have some profit-making businesses on which they do pay taxes. And then they have some religious exemptions for a portion. But she wants, the Texas person wants to know what the distinctions are so that she can make a comparison. And I'm like, well, I don't, I don't really see how you can do that, but... Not on a, not on a, the corporate basis. I mean, no. both, you know, both religions, of course, use the uh, the Book of Mormon, and that's where their commonality is. And and pretty much, um, you know, on the corporation part, it, there's no connection. Right, of course, oh. exactly. Okay, so so I'm just talking to the church woman, and she's like, I have to go find out. That's going to be some research. <laughs> well. Well, I don't think it'll be hard for her to figure out, the church yeah. people to figure out. I'm just not really sure how it applies. Where's the relevance? Whatever story it is that Texas is writing, which I don't really mm-hmm. know, because they don't really tell me what they're doing every day. Yeah. Well, you've heard about the other 
Texas. Yeah, I saw that, and um, that's kind of strange. Yeah. And kind of creepy and scary. Yes. Um, and, of course, they're called the Polygamous Act, and that's used as a so-called thing. But they've never been part of a movement. You know, what cults go off and do and hide away in their little private thing, that's not part of any kind of a movement. Right. You know? <laughs> while I finish writing this email Absolutely. I can't walk and chew gum at the same time. Just, I bet you could. <laughs> no, really, and I'm not one of those pat my head, rub my stomach people either. <laughs> I, that was the image I was picturing next, yes. Uh, sometimes it's hard to formulate a sentence and it's not your own story. Um, right. I'm also a really bad typist sometimes. <laughs> I, my backspace key gets a lot of use. Yes, I know. It's good that it's so handy. <laughs> and a bigger key. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I have to say, these people at the church are really good to me. They are really responsive and really fast. Oh, yeah? Yeah, they, yeah. Really, they really are. And uh, I have my own personal babysitter over there. Oh, yeah? At the LDS church. Yeah. yeah. And uh, she's really great to me. She, she bends over backwards. Mm-hmm. Okay. There we go. And thank God for spell check. Yeah. Top of backspace. Okay, that's off and running now. Let me open a file so I can talk to you, Mr. Mark Henkel. How are you today? I'm doing well. How's your family? Very well. Uh, we've been glad to uh, see the child sex media letting go of the FLDS story a little more. Yeah. And, and frankly, that's what I think of it as. It's the child sex media. <laughs> well, they would rather focus more on speculations of a so-called uh, sex bed of uh, adults with 13-year-olds than actually ever report the facts that the National Polygamy Rights Movement for Consenting Adults has always opposed it. Right. You know, you've got speculation versus facts, and the child sex media reports the speculation. Well, but... Truthfully, that's all that Texas has at this point, yeah. as far as I can tell. I mean, yesterday they finally conceded that this woman who gave birth last week, oh, yeah, she's not a minor like we said. Yeah. She's an adult. Right. She's 19. Mm-hmm. And oh, we just said she was a minor because... And then they wouldn't tell you, they wouldn't say why, what piece of document. They, now they said they have evidence. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming it's the same birth certificate that she presented them before. Right. Because I know that she had one from talking to the FLDS leadership guys. Right. And um, I'm assuming that they finally decided to accept her birth certificate, which initially they told her they would not accept because it was from Utah. Mm. And this is the age of identity theft, and so therefore it could not be possibly be valid. I see. Which is just crap. Oh, of course it is. Like, how do you, how, how would you, how would you then ever be able to pr- pr- prove anything about yourself? Right. If you can't present a certified document from your state. From your own state, right. From your own state. Yeah. How is that possible? Right. But this is what's happened with these 20, 27 girls. Well, so all of them are actually not minors? 
Yes, all of them are actually not minors. All of them were quote unquote reclassified as minors okay. because they told them that their documents were fake. Wow. They just decided that. And um, so now two of them have had babies, and both of them are adults, and both of them are in monogamous marriages. Right. And because um, that's been that was my big complaint during the whole Jeff's trial. Right. Is that it wasn't polygamy there either. Well, it wasn't polygamy there. Right. Well, that's my point. I mean, yeah, he 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 was an inc- he, he wasn't called an incest leader. He wasn't called a uh, an underage no, marriage he leader. A leader of a polygamy. He was called a polygamist. Not even that. He was called a polygamist leader. Right. Like all of us around the country somehow have any connection to him. Right. <laughs> I, I I know, but hmm. I fight that with my own people. Last week they wrote a story out of Texas that said that Jeff had founded the church and that he had married Alyssa Wall to a much older man in a plural marriage. I had to call them up and say, Well, that's ridiculous. Where did you get that? Yeah. And they're like, well, we, it's, we, well. Yeah. It sounded good. <laughs> yeah, well, it, but it, but it's not true. Of course it's not. I mean, he just got it from his father who got it from someone before. Well, but I, you yeah. know, I've only been writing that thing for three and a half friggin' years. Right, right, right. I just, um, <laughs> I, I have to say, I, my level of rage is right up there next to yours, I think, yeah. some days. <laughs> the problem that we face is that mm-hmm. polygamy is being equated with the equivalent of child abuse. Mm-hmm. And so that raises the the hair in the back of your neck that every CPS worker around the country hears anything about polygamy and automatically believes that that becomes a speculative justification mm-hmm. to come after any place where there's three adults or more. Right. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and, and and that that's it's really irresponsible journalism mm-hmm. you know if, if the especially if the mormon the lds continue to get their caveat it is uh fundamentally ethically required in, in to, that the every report also acknowledged that for example that the national polygamy rights movement for consenting adults has always opposed the underage issue and all of those associated with those crimes mm-hmm. you know that if, if one caveat is added, then our caveat should definitely be added. I think you saw our press release uh, mm-hmm. that we sent out that um, you, you wouldn't you wouldn't uh, define all Catholics by the the priest abusers. Right. You wouldn't say all teachers are child abusers. You wouldn't say that all uh, children are uh, of uh, dieters are in threat of uh, being starved because of anorexics. <laughs> you know. No, but people do tend to get lumped together, no matter how hard they try well, not but, to be. But, but so-called the so-called balanced doctrine of journalism mm-hmm. would have a would have in reporting the priest abusers would have someone from the Catholic uh, clergy, or whatever, standing against that. Would have uh, normal uh, nutritionists standing against anorexia. Mm-hmm. And would have you know someone from a national organization for teachers saying teachers you know denounce Mary Taylor Turnow. Well, one of the interesting things about this story has been, though, that, like, like nobody, nobody will even talk about incidence rates of child abuse, like, in a population. They won't even talk, like, when they started saying these, they had these 41 broken bones, right? Right. Among these 464 children. Sure. I'm like, well, go to any elementary school. Right. And in a population of nearly 500 kids, you're probably going to have 50 broken bones. I broke my bones at nine years old. I fell out of a tree. I was climbing a tree. I was a boy. That's what happened. Well, my girlfriend, Brooke, from the Salt Lake Tribune, she's like, you know, my 
seven-year-old broke her arm twice in the same year, and she's like, all of a sudden I'm having a flashback mm-hmm. to being in the emergency room and why they were talking to her over there, mm-hmm. and they were talking to me over here, and they wouldn't let us talk to each other. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> that was like a CPS sort of query. And I'm yeah. Like, well, yeah. And, and those things should happen, but, but, you know, a broken bone does not equal child abuse. Right. But that's... But in the, by the same token, polygamy does not equal child. It does not, absolutely not. And, so, and if, I hope I've passionately communicated that from my perspective anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think you have. <laughs> so, so just let's back up for a second and right. talk about what, started, right. what's, what's sort of been going on among your community as this has played out. Well, there is a, there is a lot of fear. Mm-hmm that the, the the child sex media or the manufactured news outlets because they're not about reporting the story they're about manufacturing the story mm-hmm. are misrepresenting the story that suggests polygamy equals child abuse mm-hmm. and so that really creates a terror for all families around the country that People don't know much about polygamy. Mm-hmm. They don't. They don't. They don't. And, and we understand that. And that's what our national movement's trying to overcome. And so people having no knowledge, the, the media being a manufactured news industry rather than a actually news reporting industry, mm-hmm. uh, only want to tell the story about polygamy when criminals are involved. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, we've been around, you know, for over a decade. Uh, and we're here where, you know, we would be glad to tell our story every month. We're trying to. Uh, but the media wants to basically either put uh, circus acts on display, thereby putting families in jeopardy, mm-hmm. rather than let us explain what we're about from a, from a safe, neutral, yeah. rhetorical, political argument debate mm-hmm. we have to we have basically be a circus act or and that just that's too dangerous most of the time yeah so uh, we just want to basically have argumentation or discussion that's all we want mm-hmm. and we should be able to do it and that's why for example you know i put myself out as the national polygamy advocate mm-hmm. and and keep my family from being the circus act and and basically just so that we can so we can have an intellectual debate, but we're not allowed to. So the media manufactures news that whenever a criminal comes along and there's a criminal element to a story, suddenly that is what polygamy is. So mm-hmm. there is an overwhelming bias, a bigotry, if you will, if you want to come up with a polygophobia, if you will, <laughs> you know, that, continue, that, that says polygamy equals the criminalities or equals the abuse and we're just normal consenting adults so then you you take this case with the FLDS raid mm-hmm. we well we've been screaming at the top of our lungs proverbially you know the thing that we we've always been against the FLDS the FLDS has never been part of the movement anyway they never even had a website in fact I lost they never had a website until the very weekend we issued our press release Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen their website yet or not. I, yeah, they yeah. have three now. Right, right. But they got they started it the very weekend. <laughs> we should not personally say they didn't. Well, you know, their way has never been to try and draw any attention to themselves. But they would right. be saying they are actually saying many of the same things that you are. Is that it doesn't matter if they have a healthy family and every adult and every person in the marriage is an adult. Right. They're still pegged as criminals because nobody understands their way of life. 
and nor do they really want to. Right. They just want to peg it as weird or freakish. Sure. Or, the concern that we have is the authoritarianism of the uh, the mm-hmm. hierarchy and the arranging of marriages and the uh, reassignment issues. Uh-huh. Uh, those are, are serious issues that we definitely take concern with. We, mm-hmm. we definitely are, 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 are troubled with. Mm-hmm. That whatever their issues are, they are about their own religious sect and whatever they're about. And it's not connected to polygamy. Polygamy just happens to be something they also do. Mm-hmm. That's the reality. That's the facts that people and reporters need to understand is that they are an individual sect doing whatever they're doing and deal with whatever they're doing right and wrong. But polygamy is just one other aspect. It is not the defining element of them. It's not, and it's certainly they are not the defining element of normal pro-polygamists around the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, you know, so, so uh, and in our debate, we don't even make, the we're not even trying to use the uh, religious freedom argument to uh, uh, fight for our freedom. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you know we're, we're talking about freedom of assembly, uh, freedom of speech, and certainly Tenth Amendment issues uh, that, for example, in the state of Maine, free speech-wise, uh, the, the case of uh, the crime of bigamy in the state of Maine is that... A, a person who is legally married marries another or purports to marry. Right. So, as a married man, I can legally have as many girlfriends as I want my wife that's legally married to me approves. Mm-hmm. That's all fine, and I can, I can fornicate to the cows come home. Okay. It doesn't matter. But right. let me be a consenting adult and make a contracted commitment. Right. Or... Even one step more simply, let me just call. Let me purport a girlfriend as a wife. Let me just commit an act of free speech that just saying a girlfriend is a wife, mm-hmm. I've just committed a crime. Right. That's so un-American. That is so anti-free speech. It, 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 that well, and you're talking about... Uh, creating a family unit and maintaining a family unit, which we hold up in this fam- is in this country as a standard, right? Right. As opposed to being a sort of a serial dater. Exactly. You know, it, 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 so we're talking about men that are committed to marriage, and in this era of marriage-phobic males, how can we criticize that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is men who want marriage. I don't know. You know? Because we can, I guess. You know, at the end of the day, smart... Turn on the TV. Right. Right? Well, look at look at the, the, the VH1 reality shows, you know, uh, mm-hmm. with the Flavor of Love and Rock of Love and all these others where it starts out as, you know, some key character with... 10, 15, 20 different uh, women, basically all, and he's messing around with all of them until he windows it down to one. So it's like he's a polygamist turning into a monogamist. It's, it's a, a bizarre process. <laughs> <laughs> I never really thought of it like that before. He was uncommitted. I try not to ever look at those things. Right, right, right. But, but it shows you really understand. Real- and the whole concept of reality TV. I guess I get enough of that in my daily life. <laughs> I get it. My point is, it's a statement of where our culture is. You know, that to me, it is anybody who can think that we are, and have no problem with the fact that it is legally acceptable for three adults to fornicate together. Mm-hmm. 
And yet somehow a commitment of marriage is illegal. Any person who thinks that's acceptable is intellectually incompetent to be allowed to vote. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Seriously, you're just not you're not intellectually capable. Because how can you how can you say that's okay and yet a commitment of consenting adults isn't? And and that you would call that criminal to the point that you would actually put people in jail. That is intellectually bankrupt. You know, I, I, would, I would say that it is mentally retarded, but mentally challenged individuals are a far superior uh, intellectual capability than people that are that mentally retarded. So let's yeah. back up even a little bit further. How did you end up in this place as the spokesperson for this movement? How did this movement... Define the movement for okay. me. Well, I am really glad you're asking that, because that is another issue that goes back to the manufactured news mm-hmm. uh, media problem. And that is, is that the media only wants to believe polygamy is based on the circus acts that they want to display because they can get the ooh and the ah, the ooh and ah factor. Right. Um, but the polygamy movement, while it also includes practicing polygamists, of course, it also includes people who want polygamy, want polygamy as an option for their life. Mm-hmm. You know, you go through the internet and you will find numerous, numerous people uh, looking. I mean, the, the, uh, in fact, the, there's a polygamy personal website. The, in fact, it's the only one that's actually successful because it has real, verified single women. It has single women. Is that twowives.com? Exactly. Yeah. Two wives. You're familiar with it? I am. Right. It is. It, uh, truthfully, Mark, I've been thinking for about three years about how to write about this polygamy on the Internet thing, but I kept getting de- derailed by, like, the criminal news. I mean, sure. there's all there's a lot of good sort of what we would call enterprise or feature stories about this stuff that right. I never have had time for because there was so much actual news. R- so yes. This yeah. is really an opportunity now. Sure. Since I'm not in, like, Texas on a daily basis, right. I'm trying to pluck those stories about the issue in a broader sense that only I, I think only I can write about. You definitely speak more knowledgeably. Well, I I'm, I'm more comfortable with you than most others. AP, I've, for sure. I've really tried hard. Yeah. To be, and I try hard to be open. Yeah. Not to be decided about, mm-hmm. you know, the freak factor of a person's way of life. I don't, right. you know, I, right. that it's the whole thing about living in this country, right? We're not supposed to have that. Right. <laughs> I thought. Well, well, you know, again, we're just talking about consenting adults. Right. And, and you know, and not all polygamy is, is uh, religious-based. Mm-hmm. You know, and that, that's the thing about the twolives.com is that they, that, that website regularly gets single women applications to have uh, ads. And, there, and with those new single women ads, there are uh, single men and married families who pay to mm-hmm. have member access and have ads in the members area where the single women have their ads and their member access and there's probably not even 10% have anything to do with Mormonism. Mm-hmm. There, there's a, a small percentage of Muslim, a uh, percent of Christian, a uh, percent of secular, you know, various people, but basically consenting adults that want two wives or more. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and the, the, you know, it's, it's exclusively polygamy. It's not polyamory. It's not polyfidelity. It's not you know, any of that. In fact, it says that on the front of its uh, website. But the point is, is that these are all people paying, looking mm-hmm. for polygamy and want polygamy rights. And that is the, uh, the fact that... Did you lose your train of thought? <laughs> I'm sorry, what? Did you lose your train of thought? Well, I'm trying to say the right way to go with it. The, um, 
the polygamy rights movement is not limited only to practicing polygamists. Mm -hmm. In fact, if anything, you've probably got a, a, on an order of magnitude, more pro-polygamists that aren't practicing but want to be and want the rights to be. And certainly, without the criminal factor, you would have even more single women who would feel safer about doing right. that. Because, you know, that's a real, you have to make a decision, a, a, a real decision about whether or not you want to choose to live in a way that puts you on the radar screen of people that could put you in jail. Right, exactly. Right. So, so the fact is, is that we're talking about what consenting adults want. The, and, and certainly a large number of the, uh, the single women are single moms mm-hmm. that, are, that are in the TwoEyes.com sites specifically. Mm-hmm. The, the, they're real, they're verified, and, and that's part of that system. But the, and, and not, like I said, they, they come from all different types of background, different races. You know, it, it's not limited. It's not, you know, there's white, there's black, there's, you know, the, various kinds. Mm-hmm. Um, that uh, it's, it's not... It's not a limited thing, and that's the problem that the media, one, wants to make. Polygamy is defined by the Mormons, and uh, it, it's, it's what I call the, uh, the... Well, they've been the most, um, for better or for worse, Mormon polygamists have gotten the most ink because they've been the most frequently prosecuted. Right. Well, I, well the thing is that you have to understand, and here is why, you know... Uh, Joe Six Pack and 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 uh, Bible Belt Christian himself, or or Joe Six Pack in the Northeast, or whatever, uh, you know, has a problem with polygamy is because polygamy, in their mind, has been defined as Mormon. Right. Polygamy means Mormon. But the ridiculousness of that, the absurdity of that, is that Mormonism is a baby religion that's not even two hundred years old. Right. And polygamy far historically exceeds. Uh, the backward chronology of Mormonism. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you go back, you know, uh, of all the faiths, Abraham had three wives in the Bible. Right. You know, the 12 tribes of Israel were born of four wives. And say that to a lot of Christians, that'll surprise them. They know it's true, but they don't think about it. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know? it didn't happen in our uh, personal memory. It's, it's history, or in some people's minds, it's it's literature and, and maybe therefore fiction. But it's, it's a story, it's not a reality. I, well, to, to most people. Right, well, right, I'm talking about specifically Christians, or, or the evangelical Christians that will tell all kinds of preaching stories in, in, from the pulpit about Israel, or about Abraham, or right. about David, you know, and and, uh, and they'll quote the Psalms. They love the Psalms, love the Psalms. But the Psalms was written by polygamist David. <laughs> you know? The technicality. What, you know? Well, or use the Adam and Eve, I love this one. They'll use the Adam and Eve story to justify using big government for one man, one woman, but mm-hmm. one, Adam and Eve were never married by government, mm-hmm. and two, Adam and Eve was written by Moses, who had two wives. Right. <laughs> you know, it's like, how, how can you come to that conclusion that Moses with two wives writes a doctrine against himself? Well. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, I'm not trying to get too biblical on you on that. But that's okay, but, but you, you know. know, the larger point, not most people don't even know their own history. Exactly. Right. And, and, and the point is, is that there is some fundamental doctrinal beliefs of Mormonism that LDS and FLDS do share that is anathema to American culture. It was in the 19th century, and it still is today. Mm-hmm. And that's, that goes to the idea of the pre-existence doctrine, 
and the obligation of women to have children and this multi-level marketing plan of souls and universes. <laughs> yes, that's what I call it, too. <laughs> okay, so the idea of using polygamy as women baby factories, that's anathema, and, and, it, and it, it, that's where the polygamy doctrine, of, especially when you read, if you've actually read DMC 132, where... You have. It's it's a, it's horrifying the anti-choice oppression upon Joseph Smith's wife Emma. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like she will she will be destroyed if she doesn't accept that. So it is that whole anti-choice doctrine and the obligate the doc, religiously doctrinal obligation upon women to become baby factories and be polygamous wise whether they like it or not. That is what is anathema to America, because America, America is about choice, mm-hmm. and, and adults having choice. And that becomes a religious basis for, a po- for not doctrinally supporting the position of choice. You have a doctrinal obligation. Mm-hmm. And that's what, why polygamy uh, was, was equated with slavery as the, the, the right. twin relics of barbarism and the, the Republican Convention and all that business in right. the 1800s, is that polygamy was defined by the Mormon paradigm of that. Mm-hmm. And that's, it was the anti-choice concept of that, that polygamy equaling that, that's why it was opposed, and that's why it was managed to get uh, criminalized. And, and, and that's hard for you to get out from under, isn't it? It, it, it is, because what we, that's why we are routinely struggling to have the media be honest and accurate in realizing, you know what, when you were in, was it fourth, fifth, sixth grade, your English teacher, or your teacher in general, taught you a concept, and it's called adjectives. Remember those words? I do. Remember what an adjective is? Mm-hmm. You have to modify. You don't say all days are alike. Some days are rainy, a rainy day. Some days are a sunny day. It's a completely different thing, but all days are not alike. Well, the same thing is true of polygamy. Polygamy is a neutral word. You need to have the adjective to understand the various paradigm of the application of polygamy. Christian polygamy is not the same as Mormon polygamy, not the same as Muslim polygamy, not the same as secular polygamy, not the same as Jewish polygamy. There are different forms based on what the particular adults in that paradigm do. So you can't say all polygamists are... It's like saying uh, all... all religion is defined by Christianity, mm-hmm. or all religion is defined, you know, all, anybody who is religious must be a Christian. Mm-hmm. That's just wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, or all, all people who are religious must be Mormon, or all people who are religious must be Jewish. That's, right. that's just simply inaccurate. Right, and you just would, most, we, you would never go there. You'd you never say that. You would never draw those conclusions. You would always be more specific. Like me, yeah. Right. You would always be more specific. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly the issue with and with polygamy. Now, with that said, there are certainly some uh, patriarchal issues that are problematic with the Muslim polygamy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there are also with the African tribal polygamy, which is, ha- has some of that, that patriarchal over-the-top type of uh, problems as well. Mm-hmm. And again, though, those are individual paradigms. Mm-hmm. Then, of course, you've got you know, such things as secular polygamy, which is basically people who, who want to be polygamists but have no religious reason or basis whatsoever. It's just, just what they want to do as their own consenting adults. Um, and, and certainly in this culture of, of uh, uh, wide-open fornication, it, it's not uh, an impossible idea that secular people would also want polygamy. Mm-hmm. You know, to think in our culture, that, and, that, and certainly that's borne out at uh, places such as twoeyes.com. Mm-hmm. Um, the, 
you, to get back to the bring all that full circle to your original question mm-hmm. about me and where I came from. Right. The issue with polygamy has been that. Well, let me let me start again. We have what we call the uh, the truth bearer strategy of the the truth bearer agenda to achieve decriminalization, and that is that strategy is what we call the house of cards strategy. I may mm-hmm. have said this to you before. Are you familiar with it? I think so. Okay. But go ahead. Every floor of the house of cards of anti-polygamy thinking is think of it as a political constituency. Uh-huh. Uh, conservative Christians is one constituency, liberals is another constituency, uh, feminists is another constituency, uh-huh. cultural conservatives is another constituency. All of these are, each floor is a political constituency in the house of cards of anti-polygamy thinking. Not because everybody is one, because they clearly aren't, but everyone knows one, mm-hmm. a evangelical Christian. And the first floor of the House of Cards of anti-polygamy thinking is the political constituency of conservative evangelical Christians. Mm-hmm. And that is the constituency that has held out the two concepts that, uh, or specifically, that polygamy is a sin. Mm-hmm. Now, one, that polygamy is a sin, and that to, uh, to be for polygamy is somehow liberal. Mm-hmm. Well, you will never persuade a conservative with liberal arguments. This is the thing liberals need to understand. You will never, using liberal arguments to persuade a conservative will never work. But if you use conservative arguments, you will persuade a conservative. Mm-hmm. If you use Christian arguments, you will persuade a Christian. Sure. The Internet made something historically possible that was never possible prior to the Internet. And that was individual Christians could come together and be able to find each other, whereas otherwise, before the Internet, they were isolated. Mm -hmm. And this is where I come into the story. Okay. In 1994, I started publishing a newspaper called The Standard Bearer. Mm -hmm. And it was a conservative Christian newspaper here in southern Maine. Mm -hmm. And within it, each issue that this started on July 4th, 1994... And then that's actually come to be known as the uh, the birth date of our movement, uh, because within each issue I would publish with uh, along with other news going on at the, during the day of the of the time, I would publish a truth tract that would be involved with that was using that would have basically would be for Christians and would have scriptural doctrine in it, and it would lay down the arguments showing how the Bible never invented the one-man-one-woman doctrine. Mm-hmm. And laying down those doctrines, laying down those argumentations, the refutations of the anti-polygamy doc- doctrine. And so in other words, I was using evangelical Christian arguments to make this case, mm-hmm. and being a credentialed conservative at the same time. So if I was a liberal, I mean, conservatives would just, you know, roll their eyes and dismiss, put their hand up and say goodbye. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, but because I'm an evangelical Christian making these arguments, that that gets their attention. Mm-hmm. So through after doing that, those arguments were then brought to the Internet with a brand new thing called the Internet. Right. And from there, those arguments spread like a multi-level marketing plan, if you will. You really? know, some, well, yeah, people tell, and then they tell, and then they tell. Right. You see what I mean? So a, a movement is born when the usable duplicatable rhetoric is laid down and then passed on so other people can repeat it as well. Mm-hmm. And so that's what happened. And then, by that point, of course, we came on the, uh, the Internet, um, 
and it was pretty much of an uh, an anarchic situation at that you know the wild wild west if you will yeah. uh, the brand new internet and so forth and by the uh, as the end of the nineties approached there was uh, a new faction of individuals started rising up with this new doctrine that we now call forced polygamy. Forced polygamy? Force, F-O-R-C-E. Oh, okay. Force, where men would rise up saying that they were Christians and were saying, God called me to polygamy, and my first wife has to obey God. Basically did identically the Doctrine and Covenants 132 concept. Huh? You know, same idea. God called me to, my, to polygamy, and if I don't obey God, I'm disobeying God. And my wife, if she doesn't put up with it, she's disobeying God. Right. That was absolutely nothing we were about. Right. We were normal, everyday Christians, from Baptists to Pentecostals, you know, from all the various denominations, because we're not a new denomination. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and let, me, let me put in an a explanation within here. The Internet made possible for this situation— in the churches, the evangelical churches, whether it's Pentecostal, Baptist, all the various doctors, do, uh, denominations in between, the pastors teach that you're, it's sola scriptura. You're supposed to believe what the Bible says, not what man says. That's the doctrine. And right. the commonality of all the, of all the evangelical Christians is the sola scriptura premise. Well, you take us super students, for example, when I went to college, I got two degrees in three years with a 4.0, business administration and, and accounting. That's the kind of studier I am. When I study something, I seriously study it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's the kind of person I'm, Okay, so that's how I was with the Bible. And so us super students come together, and we come to the realization that the Bible never created the one man. Well, there's such a contradiction. How can these, these great and holy men be called adulterers that the Church tells us they're adulterers, but the Bible never says that, never condemns them, never does. And so us super students have come to realize that, and that's how we find each other on the Internet, and that's how we organized. So anyway, now that you get that background of how we are the super students come together on the Internet, and that's, that was how we were able to find each other we never would have otherwise. We'd be like the only one in our church if before the Internet. Okay. So we would have been isolated before the Internet was possible and never known others existed. All right. That, that's why the Internet is what made everything possible. The, by the, as the end of the 90s started approaching, there was this rise of men who were claiming that God called this new doctrine of, of obedience, that God called them to, to polygamy and their wife had to uh, do it no matter what. Well, the problem is, is that men were trying and then losing their wives, and we were standing against that in the first place. Um, and just because, you know, these were chest-pounding kind of men, and they were trying to be vocal and, uh, and, and so forth, and, and they rightly lost their wives. And just about this time, this is when tapestry started to come into existence. Right. And, they, and we were realizing they're going to play right into Tapestry's propaganda, because Tapestry themselves were uh, hurt women who came out of a situation of, of uh, things that they were hurt by, and all, all, all these forced polygamists were going to do is basically provide troops for the anti-polygamists to come against us. Mm-hmm. They were going to basically cause their women to leave them, justifiably so, and say all polygamy is bad. Mm-hmm. So there became a, a it, it, it all came to a head finally on July 13th, 1999, mm-hmm. when uh, I've, I, I, it finally had gotten too far, and I came out with what is now called Love Not Force. Uh-huh. You may have seen that website already, the lovenotforce.com. Yes. And that laid down the principle that if God has truly called you to polygamy, he's just as capable of calling the wife, and she would know it. 
that you would love your wife to the point that she embraces polygamy herself. If God called you, he can call her. And if he hasn't called her, he probably hasn't called you. Because guess what? God is bigger than you. God is capable of calling her whether you like it or not. Uh-huh. You know? <laughs> God is bigger than you think. You know, so, so if God really so-called called you, Mr. Chess Pounder, guess what? You could have called your, you would have called your wife, too. Mm-hmm. You know, so it, 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 uh, it put the kibosh on the whole force polygamy. Mm-hmm. And, and that has now become the standard of Christian polygamy, mm-hmm. is love, not force. And that we're talking about men growing up. Mm-hmm. Because marriage is intimacy on an emotional, intellectual, spiritual, psychological, it's a oneness. It's I know you and you know me. Mm-hmm. And when you have that kind of mental intimacy... You couldn't even begin to conceive of the idea of just suddenly forcing another woman upon her. On, right. You couldn't even be. Uh, you know, it, it, it's unfathomable. Well, every marriage should be like that. Absolutely. Three of you are not. <laughs> right. Right. Well, that's, what I'm, but that's my point. Is because we are, we are so pro marriage that we had to protect this with love, not force, from being redefined by those who have no idea of this level of marriage. Mm-hmm. Because a man who's capable of forced polygamy doesn't understand marriage in the first place. Yes. He just doesn't get it. He doesn't understand the intimacy. We're talking about really loving women and caring about women and, and calling men to rise up and be real men who care about women because as Christians, love, men are called to be as Christ to the churches. Christ didn't ch- pound his chest. Christ loved the churches so much he died for the churches. Right. That's the image of men. That's what men are called to do and love and care about. And certainly seeing our cultural wasteland of abandoned single moms, you know, it breaks our heart. Mm-hmm. So we're calling men to grow up and care about women, and that's where Love Not Force protected it. Uh, through that, that, that's where we then solidified as an organization, mm-hmm. uh, because the true Christians that have you know, said, absolutely, this, I, 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 this is what I was always about in the first place, true Christianity. You know, and that's what we always were always about was true Christianity. Uh, that you know, polygamy is not a new gospel or whatever anything about. You know, we're, we're still normal, regular Christians, and believing the gospel is most important. But we're, we're not creating something that's that's trying to hurt people. We're talking about you know, calling us to be better Christians. You know, and 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 Karen, you know, be it no wife, one wife, or more than one wife, it would be as God would call, but God would call the wife too. Right. You know, so you, you got to love women and care about women. And so that's how it's, so, again, solidified, that organization solidified. Then we started uh, the Tom Green uh, situation exploded in the media, and I was doing uh, numerous um, media interviews uh, from our organization, getting the, the word out that all polygamy is not defined by Mormons, and certainly Tom Green's whole underage garbage. You know, and, and here we are at that time coming against uh, underage marriage, and, and at the same time that Warren Jeffs is assigning people to uh, to underage girls. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like here we are already out in the public saying we oppose these things, and, and that's what's going on with that. Well, how come you can't? How come you you don't get heard at the same decibel as everyone else? Because it is the manufactured news media mm-hmm. that. Um, it's, it's as if I don't play the right script. Right. That, you know, if anything, the, the irony of it is is that what, what, what I've been able to do, what our organization has accomplished, is should actually, the fact that I succeeded in Christian polygamy being two words that are no longer a contradiction in terms. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's actually a, a recognized phrase. You know, I, mean, I, I was even I uh, even when the Seven Hundred Club reported about me, acknowledged us as evangelical Christians. You know, we we we've we've gotten that accomplished because we are coming from the same evangelical, same conservative position, and so that we Christian polygamy is able to do what no other form of polygamy would be able to do. For example, secular polygamy, if they were to try to, you know, rise to the top, as, as, if you will, or, or try to speak out for polygamy, uh, or, or liberals that are, are for polygamy, you know, they would be using the tolerance argument. Mm-hmm. And if they use the tolerance argument, well, the conservatives are just going to, their ears are closed, their eyes are laid up, they're done, they're not listening. Yeah. Right? But... A conservative evangelical showing them two things. One, the Bible never invented the one-man, one-woman doctrine. It is an inherited Catholic doctrine created by the Catholic institution centuries after Christ was on earth. So, and we show the Bible argumentations, and every argument can be can be seen at biblicalpolygamy.com. Uh-huh. That that's a repository of the argumentations for Christians, and also we show. So we show that biblically, if you're going to truly say your 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 evangelical churches pastors are going to say believe in sola scriptura and preach from the pulpit that you're going to base your doctrine based on the Bible, to be true to that teaching, you have to be pro polygamy. Mm-hmm. You have to be, especially with love not force, because we're telling men to grow up and care about women. Whether you're capable of having more than one wife or not is irrelevant. We're not saying everybody should, but you should grow up to that. Right. That's what, that's what we're saying. And so that we're showing a true Christian doctrine. And then on top of that, we show the true conservative position is limited government. Uh-huh. That is our consistency. We're not following after the homosexuals and trying to say we want special rights. Well, we're saying there should be no special rights for anyone, no special rights for homosexuals, no special rights for those who choose one man, one woman. Mm-hmm. No special rights for anyone. The true limited, the true conservative position is the limited government, and in most other arguments, you'll hear conservatives correctly refer to the Tenth Amendment that says, if it's not in the Constitution, government shouldn't be involved in it. Well, and I, I have to say, I really kind of agree with that. Well, I do, too. I am the very Tenth Amendment person. Very Tenth Amendment. So the point being is, where's marriage in the Constitution? Yeah. It's not yep. there. It's not there. It's, it's not, not even a hint of being there. Well, and a whole bunch of other things that conservatives try to regulate right Absolutely. now. Absolutely. Oh, believe me, this is where I, you know, I, I am a true, I call myself a constitutionalist conservative. Uh-huh. You know, uh, I, not libertarian only because, I mean, I... I, I, I I still don't. Uh, I support the. I don't support prenatal infanticide, uh, mm-hmm. which is uh, you know. I don't believe that that uh, the 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 baby in the womb uh, is is not a baby. Mm-hmm. You know, but uh, so so from that standpoint, that's where I would probably find myself most differing with libertarianism, right. um, because I, I to me it's it's I call it prenatal infanticide. Uh, yeah, but I'm not sure I want to live in a place where somebody can tell me what my choices get to be. I understand. And that's really... I understand. And, and, and that that's only on... I'm giving you what my differentiation is. I'm not... Because that's not our issue. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> you know, ultimately, that's not our issue. So that's not the purpose of my conversation or interview with you. Right. Um, I'm just merely giving you the differentiation mm-hmm. of where, why it's not libertarian. Mm-hmm. Um, the... 
because of that, we provide both the Christian argument and the conservative limited government position. Mm-hmm. And we actually show conservatives that this is a win-win uh, argument. One, conservatives can get back to getting their limited government values. Homosexuals will not be able to get special rights because there'll be no special rights for anyone mm-hmm. by getting government out of it. And homosexuals can perceive they get a win out of it because, you know, then everybody's equal. Yes. You know, so, so there's a win-win for everybody with the polygamy rights win-win solution. So what, we're sh- what we show is our fellow conservative Christians, one, both that, that it is not a sin, that it is biblical, and two, that, that, that the, the Christian doctrine of sola scriptura requires them to accept uh, consenting adult polygamy as a, as, a, as a valid possibility for those who choose it, and two, the conser- true conservative position is limited government, and therefore government should not be involved in marriage either. And if you're going to say Adam and Eve, well, there's nobody in the Bible who's ever married by government. So government definitely should not be involved in marriage if you're going to use the Bible, because nobody in the Bible was married by government. So what we show is both the, the Christian argument and the conservative argument, and we persuade that first floor of the House of Cards of anti-polygamy thinking. Mm-hmm. And that's why we continue to grow, is we're persuading that argument, that, that constituency. After that, liberals, they have to accept consenting adult polygamy because of their tolerance dogma. Right. Feminists have to accept the consenting adult polygamy argument for women who choose this. If a woman chooses this, they have to support a woman's choice mm-hmm. for consenting adult, non-abused, uncoerced polygamy. Cultural conservatives would like to see new options and alternatives to help hamster in the wheel single moms get off welfare or, or have new options. Mm-hmm. And certainly women that have uh, the option of a, a proven good man, the idea that all the good men are taken, no longer has to apply. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and, and well, I'm sure some of the bad ones haven't been taken either. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true, too. Uh, but the point is, is that and it's not like suddenly... You decriminalize polygamy, and all women in America are suddenly going to rally around a few individual men. That's not going to happen. It's freedom. I don't know that it would change much of anything. Of course it wouldn't. Of people, exactly. Right? You know, it's marital laissez-faire economics. Just because in, re- in regular economics, just because you have the freedom to earn $500 million doesn't mean everybody's capable of doing so. Right. Or is going to do so. You just haven't, you haven't criminalized that. You know, but one man, one woman is marital socialism. It's Marxism. It says one for each so that each might have one. But the problem with that is... So how many of you, you think, right now in the pro-polygamy movement... Right. How many? Oh, um, Numbers-wise. I mean, is there a way to quantify that? that, that, You're not, like, organized in a... In a... Like, nobody goes to the same place on Sunday morning for it. No, 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 no. Exactly. No, it, it's totally independent. Absolutely. Yeah. And, it, and and that's true. I mean, we, we um, you know, certainly, uh, you know, we've obviously the most committed are the ones that would join our organization. Um, or, or you, know, you know, and, of course, that's a, that's a, for some, it's a revolving door. You know, they'll come yeah, in and be sure. a member for a while and, and then not for a while because they, they want to f- support it as they can afford to. Mm-hmm. Um and, you know, that's where, uh, I, you, you know, that, can't really answer the question. It is, it is a difficult question because the, the, the thing is, is that wherever, we, wherever I go, when I talk to people, generally speaking, people 
as I was talking about the different constituencies, mm-hmm. above that, most anybody else, out of the, out of the, after those constituency floors I was mentioning, most anybody else could care less what consenting adults choose to do. Right. Really. And I think that's really true. It is. So that's why what we're doing is we are seeking to kick out the first floor of the House of Cards, and then all the other floors come crashing down. You know, so we have to give political support for decriminalization so that conservatives won't be getting backlash for, for supporting decriminalization. And liberals don't want to be, you know, it's like they don't, liberals don't have a dog in the fight. They don't really care about polygamy. They don't really have a dog in the fight. Right. But they would be, if, if conservatives were, uh, for example, if they use it as the polygamy rights win-win solution, because actually I can see the polygamy rights win-win solution as being the very concept that America could one day be thanking us, us, because we could be the ones who brought an end to the marriage debate once and for all. Because it's a win-win for all sides, and the debate would be done. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> and we do that by persuading the conservatives that they're going to get a win out of this and get their actual values of limited government back, mm-hmm. and and also not having special rights for homosexuals. You know, so that they because there will be no special rights for anybody. <laughs> right. You know, so that's that's where what we're doing, and and bringing that back full circle. Secular polygamists wouldn't be able to successfully make that argument to that first floor of the House of Cards. Mm-hmm. And that's what has put uh, Christian polygamy, that is what has put uh, truthbearer.org organization, that's what put me as the founder of that, at that forefront. And that's how I've become the, uh, the leading voice. I can make the arguments that these others can't. Mm-hmm. And they get the benefit from me being able to. Uh-huh. You know, that's the reason. Yes. You know, I mean, a Muslim would be automatically dismissed. Uh, a secular would, or a liberal would be automatically dismissed. And when I say secular, that mean, doesn't necessarily mean it could be secular conservative, too. I mean, right. you know, they're just not religious. Yeah, and yeah. we had a few here in, actually in Utah, who for secular reasons have wanted, and actually sought a bir- sought marriage licenses and right. sued and went to the Tenth Circuit and got rejected. I, uh, that was the one with Barnard, Brian Barnard? Yeah, Brian. Yes, yes. That was that was a whole disappointing thing. Here's part of the the media manufacturing situation. Uh, here, I'm the one with the who who originated the now famous soundbite of uh, um, "Polygamy Rights is the Next Civil Rights Battle," mm-hmm. and I mean, and it was in Newsweek and various places. And when that case, when when, when Big Love first uh, hit two years ago in March. Uh, a show like on CNN would have Brian Barnard come on. Mm-hmm. And he's just an attorney for one case, for one situation going on, and ask him, is polygamy rights the next civil rights battle? You know, as if Barnard is the voice of the polygamy rights movement. Right. And he's just an attorney for one particular case going on. Of course, the case fell out, and he's gone, and they're gone, and they're not part of anything. But we're still here. Mm-hmm. You know, we're the ones. I, I'm the originator of the soundbite. I'm the one who should have been there talking about the... <laughs> right. you know, and the thing is, of course, is that that goes back to part of you asked why we don't get the decibel. Right. Here's an example. There is uh, one... Loudmouth, as we as may be known, uh, on Fox News, that I have re- I received repeated requests to be on their show, mm-hmm. and they talk to me, and they're fascinated with my true conservative position. The whole the the polygamy rights win win solution of uh, that both sides win and, and conservatives can still get limited government. They love it, and then it comes time to do something, 
and the higher-ups don't do it and don't want to do it because I don't play the script. I actually make sense. And that, 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 that I am, I, I, you can't argue against what I'm saying. And so because you can't argue it, you either have to uh, attack it or ignore it. Yeah. And, and that, that's, that's where some of the issues, and because a lot of shows are premised in um, manufacturing the news and creating hysteria and sensationalism for the purpose of sales. No kidding. <laughs> you know, uh, rather than actually having an actual intellectual debate. I, I tell you, I, I'm, I would love to see this happen. I, I would love to have an international televised debate, and I would stand before all biblical scholars and all that, and have this debate, one, about the, the biblicality of mm-hmm. polygamy, and also with all polit- polit- uh, conservatives and liberals, and have a big political debate about this, too, about the, the real constitutional basis of that. Well, is the day coming? Is that day coming? <sighs> I mean, given... It should be. G- given, given that um, the dialogue is moving forward on lots of di- around di- lots of different issues, right? Right. In this country. Is that day coming? I mean, I've been wondering about this decriminalization thing a lot lately. I think it is. The problem is, is that cases that bring it to court are always involved with other real crimes. Mm-hmm. And you know, it, it, it's like, it, we don't want to touch it. You know, and, and right. um, because it's, you know, uh, we don't want polygamy rights to be uh, tainted with the criminality that we're not associated with. Right. You know, um, and so it, it's, uh, it's very difficult. We were very glad to see the Supreme Court not even listen to uh, the Rodney Home case, even though we oh. acknowledged the, uh, um, right. the, the contradiction of, well, they, they said it was underage sex, so that means she wasn't married. And then they turned around and said he was married for the bigamy charge. Well, okay, well, which makes sense. <laughs> well, this is, well, but this is the this is always what happens, right? I mean, it happened in the it happened with the Warren Jeffs case. You know, yeah. in one breath they told Alice Teed, "Well, you know, you weren't married," right. but in the next breath you are married. Yeah. And so, which is it? Yes. You can't have your cake and eat it too. You can't really use both arguments, but they end up being allowed to use both arguments, right. and they always win. Right, and that's what the that, that's what the Utah State Supreme Court did in the home case, but the US, U.S. Supreme Court refused to even hear it. Well, uh, and and but but uh, but I also do, but I understand your point because no matter even with these even with these children right now, whether or not their abuse remains to be seen, but they've already put the religion on trial. Yeah, they've already put the principle of a plural family out there right. saying. It equals abuse. Right. And and CPS is making that argument, whether or not they actually know it's true or not. Right. And so I I I, I would be exactly where you are. I wouldn't yeah. want to be wading into any of this stuff. Right. And it is. It's, it's enormously frustrating. And it's it's also why you know it was maddening during the whole FLDS raid news cycle that yeah and i'm sure you could you could sense that in my repeated emails you know is that we just need this added caveat that the national polygamy rights movement for consenting adults it, it opposes underage marriage mm-hmm. you know just as much as the the lds disavow the flds so do we mm-hmm. you know and just because some rogue sex go off and do something that happens to also include polygamy doesn't mean polygamy is defined by that mm-hmm. any more than all Catholics are defined by the Catholic priest yeah. abusers or all teachers are defined by Mary Kay Letourneau or all dieters are defined by anorexics or Mary Kay, uh, or, or what, what was her name uh, Karen Carpenter 
Oh. <laughs> yeah. Use canned carpenter to criminalize. heard in a while. Yeah. But it, it's like using canned carpenter to criminalize dieting. Yeah. Well, I don't know how you can. I mean, that's a hard battle to fight because most of us, most of us just lump things together because it's easier. Well, certainly doing the in investigative work they need to do to understand certain issues. Well, that's true, and this is really why, you know, we've. Um, it is. It, it's important. For, you know, I can see another story going out about the whole manufactured news. Uh, Situations that itself is a story. In fact, I, and I'm and I am uh, putting together uh, what will eventually be my memoirs, which will be an expose on the media abuse that we've encountered during this uh, right. these these situations. Um, Be sure to spell my name right. <laughs> For sure. Uh, the uh, and, and well, you've been one of the uh, uh, more positive reporters as oh, much as you could be. Well, you know, I, I tell you, it's, it's one of the things that's extremely frustrating, uh, like, for example, during the, uh, when the Warren Jeff sentence came out in November, uh -huh. you know, uh, out comes the immediate report uh, with all the standard already researched, already backup stuff, and everybody and their grandmother carried that story. Then you wrote the next story that included all opposition to it that got picked up by four pieces. Well, and I don't have any, you know, I yeah. don't have any control, and I don't yeah. even often have control in my own organization. Right. I mean, like, like I said, I'm fighting Texas every day on, right. on factual details. Right. And, and, and I'm and I'm getting that, and I'm getting that you're, you're encountering that. You know, I mean, I, I mean, obviously, what what we have has to be a a, a bit of trust between the two of us. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and I, I'm I'm trusting that you're not a full. Uh, passive aggressive liar to me. I mean, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, uh, the um, meaning that you know you're 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 saying this, and but you, when it goes down to do it, you're still not going to put our caveat in. You know, I, I get that the editors and the higher ups, because I've experienced that with TV. Um, mm -hmm. The um, in those situations, we are. It's the little drips that that we are hopeful for. You know, we've mm -hmm. got a uh, um, a TV project coming out in another week, and I'll let you know when that's going to be. Um, and that and that was a very very good. Uh, we expect that to be very positive as a presentation of non-Mormon polygamy, mm -hmm. um, and that will be nationwide. Um, and certainly, you know, it, it's the the differentiation that we really we're we're trying to get the media, and certainly would like to see uh, if you can get that across or accomplished, uh, it, or, or if there's some process that we can go by where, where we can get into the AP style book and they can actually make the, the caveat correctly stated, you know, or, or, or get it expressed that you can't just say uh, polygamists, you know, and when you're referring to specific criminals, and that if... if the if the style book requires adding the caveat that uh, the Mormon Church has disavowed the FLDF, then balance in journalism requires acknowledging that the national organization, the Truth Bear organization, or the National Polygamy Rights Movement for Consenting Adults, has opposed them. You know, and it has opposed underage marriage. That's that's a fact that I should. Think I can. Um, I think I can submit something the next time they do a style book. Okay. Um. That would be helpful because I mean I can yeah I can try I don't no, know no, where it'll go but right. I can try yeah well I, I, and I would be 
I you know, I'd certainly be glad to uh, um, help me craft it. Yes, absolutely. Have, yeah. yeah, that would be wonderful. Because at at some point, it, it, it's it, it's. I believe that journalists went to college to get their degrees with a legitimately honest desire to want to report the truth and and be involved in a whole journalism dream. I think that that is true of most people. Yes, I do and believe that. I think that. the reality of what happens in the business is really different. It, it, totally, you get into the news manufacturing. You know, and the, the edit and the bosses above you are the ones doing it. And uh, I, I get that, and, I, and I, I, I've seen I've seen that happen. That's why, um, you know. There's just too, too many horror stories. I, I'm not going to waste our time on that. <laughs> but well, I get me, that. I have lots of conversations every day about with my husband about whether or not it's time to get out okay. for these very reasons. Yeah. Because, because if I can't even get my own organization to correct something when it's wrong, what's, right. the, what's the point? Right. What's the point of beating your head against the wall when, yeah. you know, I could do something else. Right. I have a lot less stress. Right. I understand really that. and truly. Yeah, and it, and it is, I mean, you definitely go through a lot of stress, and I and I get that, and I am, and I am appreciative of you, and certainly, it would be if it's possible, even before we can get a style book, if we can get our caveat added right. when these statements are made, you know, as as, as a standard expectation, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, that just as much as the Mormons getting theirs, you know, it, it's it's intellectually accurate, just right. so that you're right. That's all. That's the. That's that's all we're asking for. We're not. You know, I like I said in my emails. I realized I was writing you daily and uh, CCing it to the um, mm-hmm. to the Texas editor. And I want to say, I know you're not my spin doctor. I know. <laughs> you know, I don't expect you to be. You know, I'm legit. All we're asking for is accuracy mm-hmm. and 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 the actual basis of you know what what the real words being used and that it, it's maddening that it's always polygamous this and polygamous that instead of saying Mormon polygamous right. and I understand that the mainstream Mormonism and I understand the AP style book about Mormons and all that right. but to use the word Mormon polygamous is if the polygamy is premised on the religion that believes in the book of Mormon it's Mormon polygamy That's it's that simple it doesn't have to be part of the mainstream Mormons. If the if those religious people believe in the Book of Mormon, it's Mormon, and and are using that as their paradigm for polygamy. That's what makes it Mormon polygamy, even if the mainstream Mormons disavow them. Right. So that's that's actually a style book issue right there. You know, don't think of the word Mormon polygamy as two words. It's a full construct, Mormon polygamy. Yeah, it is a construct. You're right. Well, and, and because it's totally differentiated from. Christian polygamy, and this is why, for example, I wear two hats. Certainly, the Christian polygamy with the, the founder of the Truthbear.org organization, but even larger than that, the whole the nationwide pro-polygamy movement, because of why being a Christian allows me to be in that position in the first place. I can make the arguments that others couldn't. Right. Well, so it's, it's not just it's not like I only speak for Christians. At this point, polygamy rights will be obtained by successfully kicking out that first floor of the House of Cards, which is the, the conservative Christians. So I understand liberals might not like hearing the arguments I make, but what I say to them is, be quiet. <laughs> or, or you could be less polite and say, shut up. Yes. Stop arguing. Listen to this. 
the only way we're going to persuade yeah. conservatives is with conservative arguments. So be quiet, let me persuade them, and yeah, it will be done. Liberals aren't going to lose if they just keep their mouth shut. Exactly. They're going to win. You're still going to get your tolerance. Yeah. You know, so it's a win-win. So, so don't come against me because I'm not being liberal, because I'm not being pro-homosexual. You know, understand at the end of the day, you're still going to get what you want, so I'm going to persuade the conservatives with conservative arguments because that's how you succeed. Hello? <laughs> is, there, is there any sort of... Um, there's probably not, but... Like, what would a typical family be like? What do you Christian mean? polygamous family be like? The Christian polygamous family? Is, is it typical? Are there, you know, does it just sort of depend on the individual family, how it, many Well, polygamy is not monolithic. It really isn't. Um, and people have, every, as every marriage is different. Yes. The, the, it's the dynamics of the personal relationships. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you know, maybe in some marriage, maybe maybe the, a wife is is more emotionally and intellectually dominant, mm-hmm. um, and maybe in another one, maybe the husband is. Mm-hmm. You know, and and you know, and so the, it may be a situation where, um, you know, the say when I say dominant, that's not really the kind of word I'm trying to I use. But, but the, every every marriage has you know, there's some situations where the woman is and others where the man is. It's just it's just the way the dynamics of that relationship right. work. So it, the dynamics of the person, their person, the individuals, yeah. exactly. You know, I was a firstborn. You know, uh, my first wife was a uh, um, was a lastborn, and that was a perfect dynamic for us. Mm-hmm. You know, if that tells you anything. Yeah, uh, I'm a firstborn married <laughs> to a firstborn, and sometimes it just doesn't work. That would be conflict. I get that. Oh, some days, but I usually win. So. <laughs> there you go. There you go. And, and, you that know, works for me. And if, that, if that works in your marriage, that's the point. And so what I'm saying is that there are times where you know uh, a first wife might be you know a little more dominant, and then there's actually there's even been times where a second wife was the one who was more dominant, and they actually ended up being a benefit to two less dominant uh, married husband and wife. And yeah. these are families scattered all across the country in all different economic strata with exactly. all different educational backgrounds, exactly. all kinds of everything. It, it's it's whatever those particular adults choose to do and it and it works for them it's 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 not monolithic and that's another one of those myths you know that it one the, the myths of polygamy one that is monolithic that you can say see this is a polygamist and this is what polygamists do no that's what one family does yeah you know you would never hold up one family one marriage of uh, legally married say you know what this is what all monogamists do no you know, we'd never do that. Well, the same thing with polygamy. That's why the whole circus act thing just, it doesn't work. One, because people who aren't polygamists or aren't even thinking about it can't emote intellectually relate to it. So it's just a circus act, and then they'll be done with the circus act when it's done. So that what they really need to hear is arguments that they can accept already. And a conservative can hear a conservative argument and a biblical argument for a Christian, and a liberal can hear a tolerance argument, and a feminist can hear a choice argument. You know, people are persuaded by the arguments they already believe, and that's what we are doing. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. This is all good stuff. I've had a couple years of practice. I know you. Have. <laughs> and on me alone. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Uh, okay. well, it, it's nice to not be in a hostel. Uh, well, I don't know. I'm just not a generally hostile person. That was mm-hmm. not the way my mom raised me. Mm-hmm. I don't think hostile really gets you too terribly far. Most well, of I don't think, and that's really what's most frustrating about it, is I'm not presenting anything that should motivate hostility. Mm-hmm. I'm really not. 
Well, but I think people are just generally ho- not maybe not hostile, but fearful or skeptical of things that they don't really understand. They have never experienced personally. Right. You know, <clears throat> one of the things that this polygamous woman I know had said the other day is, you know, I don't really know what's going on in that ranch, but unlike other people, because I understand and live in a plural family, I don't fill in the blanks with my imagination and go everything back. Right. But but that's the problem when you don't have. It's like any other thing. It's like people of color, if you've never experienced it, or people who are gay, if you don't right. think you know that, then it's just something that gives you some sort of trepidation or whatever. And so until you until you have personal experience, you don't, I think a lot of people just go negative right. and go fearful, right. which is just ridiculous to me, but whatever. Right. Whatever. Yeah. You know. Okay. Well, I... Um, have a couple other stories to write this week and so then I'll get working on this and I'll talk to you maybe Monday. Okay. See where we are. All right, so so do you have you haven't had an idea of what you were going with with this story or what, what you're well, seeking I for? Well, I have a couple of different thought processes which I'm sort of talking through with my boss okay. and um, I'll know more by Monday and we'll go from there. And you say you're going to have a national TV thing next week? It should be a week from Friday. Oh, good. Yeah. Well, or the, the, maybe Friday, that weekend, whatever. Okay. Is yeah. it like a nighttime news magazine thing? I'm not saying it this time. Okay. I, I will I will give you time to be able to watch it, though. Oh, that's good. Yes. Yeah, okay. Uh, will you be, I mean, assuming I talk to you before Friday. This Friday? No, next. Next Friday. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We will. Okay. We will. Okay. All right. Uh, but, but I will say this, certainly, that uh, uh, it will be good for you to have something out at the same similar timing. You well, know, and that's my that's my yeah. hope. I got to just yeah. I haven't had a chance to talk yeah. to her in a couple of days. Um, mm-hmm. and uh, we're supposed to do that this afternoon actually. Yeah. Sit down and talk and figure out what other pieces we need and then I'll be back to you to figure out what what else I need. Sure. Okay. Super. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, Jennifer. We'll talk again. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Mark Hinkle is National Polygamy Advocate. Presented polygamy to the public since 1994. NationalPolygamyAdvocate.com